Brethren, boy, have I got a deal for you. Answer me this. You like to look good? Always. You like to feel good? Absolutely. Do you like to save money? 100%. Do you like to help people? Uh, yeah, I would say <laughs> yes. What if I told you you could do all four of these things by visiting elmontyouthsoccer.com and entering promo code TJW10? What can I get at elmontyouthsoccer.com? Let me tell you. This show is called The Jersey Wall. What would be an appropriate sponsor for us to have? New, New Jersey sandwiches. Probably some jerseys, right? <laughs> I love that we have officially unveiled the sponsor. When you go to elmontyouthsoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout, you will save yourself 10% off fantastic quality jerseys at already ridiculously good prices. I love that. This, as we've mentioned on previous segments before, this is the site where the more you buy, the more you save, and you get a promo code to save more. We are doing the work for you here at the Jersey Wall Podcast. The link is in the description below, elmontyouthsoccer.com, TJW10. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode number 107 of the Jersey Wall Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. And with me, as per freaking usual, is our international correspondent and my best friend, Mina Gali. Brethren, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, no glasses this time. No glasses this time. You look fantastic. You look like you're very handsome, Thanks, equally so handsome do doppelganger who... I'm like, well, but the th- you look actually very different well, with glasses, it? right? Like yeah. you, it's I do, almost, right? It's weird how much glasses, as considering most of them is, you know, clear, how different they would make a person look. With yeah, or without. and then the different types of glasses can 100% change your personality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you got to pick yeah. lenses that yeah. flatter really the personality type you are. Because if you get big, mm-hmm. you know, gold frames, maybe you're, maybe you got a little bit more, more money or you want people to think you have a little bit more money. Maybe if you wear like... <laughs> old lady glasses, right? With the like little U shapes, nothing on top. Then maybe we're going to think that you're 90 years old. No matter what you look like, we're <laughs> going to think you're 90, right? So it's all in the- Like a big slug for Monsters, Inc. Are you That's looking forward to the amount of people, the, the big slug? I'm warning you as I was- <laughs> That one. <laughs> Are you looking forward to the amount of people asking you if you're wearing contacts? Because you know this uh, yes. is an anecdote you're going to have to yes, go on forever I do. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, forever. Um, there are so many gonna... people that, but I haven't told. Like there are people that saw me in Egypt when mm-hmm. I landed, and up to a day or two before the surgery, and I didn't mention it to them. And then I saw them like a week after, and they're like, "Are you, uh, are you wearing contacts? Uh, what's, uh, what's nope. going on with you? Why, why do you look different? You look. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at your eyes. I've now. had they some of those. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine you're gonna get that forever. Um, I got to kick off our bro talk segment today, and today. By the way, we're finally getting to the Arsenal rebuild. Today's episode is called How Arsenal Should Have Spent 150 Mil. And boy, listen, (laughs) we know. We know it's been painful. Your squad is not doing well. We don't have to tell you that. And to spend 150 mil to have your squad look exactly the same is not overly promising. Don't worry, though. We got you. We got you. We here at the Jersey Wall Podcast have had this locked and loaded since... When did I make this team initially? Uh, I think about couple weeks four ago. episodes ago. Yeah, we've been pitching that. We've been saying that we were going to work on this for a long time. Um, yeah. And don't worry, we've done it, but we're going to get into that. First, we got to start off with our Bro Talk segment as per usual. And I have to tell you, 
about one of the best movies, but worst movie going experiences of my life. Ah, interesting. All right. What movie is this? Shang-Chi. Oh, the new Marvel movie? Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the new Marvel movie. Was I like the pronunciation on that. Visually, well, I just watched it yesterday. I learned the pronunciation of it. <laughs> visually, one of the most spectacular films that I've ever seen. Like, And I don't even want to oversell it, but visually they okay. did action-wise, like graphics-wise, everything was very, very, very well done. Better than Doctor Strange? On par, similar, like similar, Ooh. similar style. It was of that realm. Because if we're looking at Marvel movies, we think like Damn. the Stone Cold action movies, okay. which are Winter Soldier-esque movies, right? Yeah. Or mythical movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, like cosmic movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and such. Those are, you know, very different styles. Then Marvel has the other stream, which is like cosmic movies, right? Which is mythical, mythological, right? Sorcerers yep. and all that stuff. And this movie was on par with that. But what this movie did very well, and I don't want to spoil anything, but what they did very well for action scenes was replicate the style of Jackie Chan movies. I right. was just going to say, did so, they hire Jackie Chan? <laughs> a lot of the combat was very like fun to watch because you remember like in Rush Hour, Jackie Chan's fight scenes were always like kicking ass for 40 people best. and using the scene, the scenery around him to incorporate into his fighting style. And it's so fun to yep. watch. This movie was very, very good at that. Now, I will be honest with you. My movie going experience could have been better. All right. Someone sneeze on you or something? No. Um, if we get into the theater. It's an IMAX theater. So we're very excited, right? The, it's gigantic. We're like, wow, it's gonna be awesome. It's boiling hot in there. Like it's so hot. There was oh, absolutely the no air circulation. We're like, what the hell's going on? They're like, yeah, the air's been broken for about a week. We're we're trying to fix it. Like, well, that, I mean, the air's that's broken. not very good, right? Like, <laughs> just COVID safe wise, we should probably have a little bit of air circulating in here, no? And uh, that was a losing battle. But that wasn't even the worst of it. Okay, that was just one of the things that really had me starting to get very hot in this movie. The other thing is that I think people forgot how to behave, okay? It's been so long since people have been to movie theaters, they don't actually remember what movie theater etiquette is, right? right. Remember the Cineplex previews that were always, don't be a Susie Seed Hog or a Tommy Text or any of that yeah. stuff? Buddy, there were these- They were all there. There were these they were all girls behind us who, it's like they were, it's like, you know when you watch a movie for like the fifth or sixth time and you're watching it with your friends, you kind of just dialogue over it because you know what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. The two and a half consecutive hours, these girls did not shut up. Oh, come on. Dude, right behind us, they didn't stop talking for one minute from the time they sat down to the time the credits finished. Every single moment, they had commentary. Now, are these teen teenagers? Like similar age group Ish. to me. Now, okay. I, they could have been maybe a little younger, a little older, but in that kind of age, in that younger demographic. To me, it doesn't matter to me, no matter your race, ethnicity, orientation, none of that matters to me because what the only fundamental thing that matters to me is are you obnoxious or not, right? Yeah. That's like pretty much the are only- Are you a decent human being? Are you a decent human being, right? Because otherwise you get my respect. If you are just a decent human being, yeah, like, thanks, man. The entire movie, dude, they didn't shut up for one second. And I went fairly aggressively a few times, like looking at them like, hey, guys- because what we know about people who don't shut up throughout an entire movie is that if you make a scene asking them to shut up, they are going to come at you with the power of a thousand dragons yelling at you. 
you think yeah. you can tell me what to do? Blah, blah, blah. I bought my, all that. And I didn't want to have to deal with that. I didn't want to get kicked out of the theater for being in an interaction. I just have to, have to continue in, um, insisting. Guys, shut right. up. We're not here to listen to you. So it's a thousand degrees the entire movie. And you're just hearing commentary. And I don't want to spoil anything, but dude, the entire, the commentary of the show. Oh my God. And you can imagine, you know, the type of commentary that I don't, I almost don't want to impersonate, but the entire time. Of Who are just, the good guys? It's like, it's the first time they've ever seen a movie. Some of the stuff, and it's not Shang-Chi's fault, just had like basic story structure. So you kind of know what yeah. the next thing that's going to happen is because we've seen a movie before. So we know that, you know, X, Y, Z, that, you know, it's going to follow in somewhat of a linear path, right? You can go up and down, but ultimately it's going to get from the beginning to the end. Yes. It, every single thing that happened, like, oh, oh my God, did you see what just happened there? The whole time, every scene, so every annoying. bit of dialogue. So I told, and we were sitting, Lee and I went, and then her family was at a different part of the theater because the, the seats were kind of spaced yeah, out. COVID. We had to tell them afterwards. I was like, the movie looked great. Sure would have liked to have heard it though. <laughs> Not one word of dialogue, bro. That's the, the worst experience. Movie. I had that in Black Widow with like twelve-year-old boys. It was group three, mm. um, but they were young enough that I like I can exert my authority on them or yeah. assert my authority on them. And I was like, Oi, shut up! <laughs> I did they? And they were like these. Yeah, they they did. And then right, there you go. I don't know if I told you this, but movies in Egypt have intermissions. So in yeah, the intermission, I told them. Yeah. yeah. So I told them. Okay. I'm I'm sorry for yelling, but you guys were speaking so loudly and you can't do that. Okay. So I apologize for yelling, but you have to take it down a notch. This is not the place or time for that. They're like, okay, we understand, sir. And I was like, wow, that's very nice. That's how you do it. Yeah. That, that's a very good thing. Because honestly, like I, I knew that I couldn't actually trust myself to let out any bit of interaction with them because it wouldn't have gone over very well. It would have been like, <laughs> I thought it would have been like, if you value your fucking legs, <laughs> Shut up, because I will break them off and beat you with them. I was so angry, because the other thing is that, like I said, it was a thousand degrees in there. It was just going to be a lot of... <laughs> Literally. The whole... <sighs> just trying to, I'm just trying to enjoy the movie. Just trying to enjoy... And Leah looks over me a few times. She's like, are you okay? Because I want to enjoy my movie-going experience. And then the key, like, funny comic relief parts of the, of the movie, I couldn't even laugh at, because I'm pissed oh, off. Oh, no. Because I'm like... Oh, so yeah. now the joke didn't this hit is funny, for but me. I'm like, this is funny, but I'm pissed off. And it's not funny because I'm not going to laugh at this because I'm in a very different mindset. Anyway. That's hilarious. Has that, that's happened to you, something similar to this. If there was an intermission, I honestly don't know what would have happened. Okay, like there's... Just the backhand. Just something. Up. There was just... I, it took everything in me. I had, to, I had to, at one point, chug my entire drink for when it was a thousand degrees in there to try to cool myself down but two because i knew if i held it in my hand too long i would have just gone like right behind me and just thrown it all over the field behind me as oh my god Whoops, i'm so I sorry did i do that oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> i totally didn't but you better go clean up i guess it's these butterfingers from yeah. the popcorn <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand i did have twizzlers for the first time in like two years so that was a what pretty big one did you have did you crash well, I'd, I might still, like, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't yeah. think my body knew what to do with them, to be honest, because I haven't had Twizzlers. And the <laughs> last time I had Twizzlers was at the movies, and I haven't been to the movies to have so Twizzlers two years in ago. a very, very long time. Twizzlers are yeah. wonderful. Man. I'm going to try to get the show sponsored by Twizzlers. Even if they don't pay us a penny, they'll send us That's a like, big sponsor, man. But imagine they send us like 40 boxes of Twizzlers. 
as like that's I would our payment. get diabetes. Yeah, me too, hundred percent. But I think it'd be worth it. Like, what's the trade off? At what point does it become worth it? I would just start selling them. <laughs> no, that's not what we're doing. No, 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 no. <laughs> they have entrusted us with these Twizzlers. Now we have a lifetime them. supply. I don't consume nearly as much Twizzlers as you do. I, I, I feel like I just thought I've gone two years without eating Twizzlers. Now I have to overcorrect that. I have to. I have to put this pancreas back to work. What's it there for? I think we're getting way too off topic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, but you know what? This is an Arsenal rebuild episode, and if we're gonna have anything like the the more off topic, the better, right? Because I'd imagine this is. I mean, their spine is as weak as a Twizzler, (laughs) so I mean, I get it. And it's yeah, it's red and soft like a Twizzler. That's what I was thinking. Um, Like just recreate the Kermit the Frog thing. You have to lift your pinky. I'm I'm drinking coffee right now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just recreate it. We have to do a thorough rebuilding of Arsenal. And if there's nothing else you want to touch on for our Bro Talk segment, we can move on. I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, let's do it. Before we we move into this. But if we're ready, if the world is ready, if Arsenal fans, are you ready? We're going to teach you how you should have spent 150 mil. Now, we are not, the reason I wanted to do this with Mina and not an Arsenal fan, and I have Arsenal, uh, I have friends who are Arsenal fans. I feel like this is just a little bit too close to home. I feel like at some point you need a little it. bit of intervention from not being too close to it. And if we, as yep. I would say neutrals, because rivals just really isn't like maybe you guys were more rivals with them like 15 years ago. But at this moment in time, it feels so far removed from any sort of semblance to rivalry with Arsenal that yeah. this is almost like a big brother. Let me let me help you guys out here. Let me just because I, I feel bad. Like it's not fun anymore. Right. Listen, I had that mentality when they wanted to get rid of Austin Wenger, and I was like, "Listen, I know it. I know what you guys are, gonna, are about to go through." And right. um, both have American owners. Both got rid of legendary managers, and thankfully, thankfully, we didn't go go as badly as they did. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's, it's a little bit of an outside view, and uh, sometimes you need a second opinion. Yeah, I, because if we if we can address the title of this episode, how Arsenal should have spent 150 million. Some of the names that they brought in for 150 million were Nuno Tavares, my boy from Benfica. And we're going to address all these when we rebuild the squad, but I just want to put these all out. They brought in six players this window. Yep. Nuno Tavares, like I said, from Benfica for 8 million euros. Um, Lokanga from Anderlecht for almost 18 million euros. Ben White, the big money signing for almost 70 million euros from Brighton. Uh, Martin Ordegaard, they brought back from Real Madrid for around 40. We can get into that. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale for almost 30 from Sheffield. And the deadline day signing of a hybrid right center back slash right back slash pretty versatile player. I respect the versatility of it, but boy, oh boy, were there better ways to spend 20 mil. Takahiro Tomiyasu. Of Japanese. It's very, it very, like almost aggressively <laughs> Japanese. Violently violent. Yeah. yeah. Like obnoxiously Japanese, like really wanting to let you know how Japanese he is. Um, this was not great business from Arsenal. And some of these, and some Arsenal fans, again, might argue, well, it's not for now, it's for the future. And that's fine. Because other Arsenal fans might say, yeah, forget that. Like right now we're 20th though, right? So right now we no, should yeah, probably prioritize the of the a little bit right now. Lakanga <laughs> is going to look really like Paul well. Pogba when he's playing in the yeah. second tier of English like, football. Like I know, I know some of my Arsenal, like my friends who are Arsenal fans, will listen to this. So I know it's banter. I don't think you're going to be in the championship, but it's all banter. It's all love. 
Just yes, it's all banter. You win some, you win some, you lose banter some. Banter club. None and of this should case, be taken you seriously. You only lose some. <laughs> yeah, oh, the North London sandwich that is the Premier League right now. Listen, if we can just address Arsenal as a whole uh, for a second here before we actually go into rebuilding it position for position. Um, it's not a great time, obviously, to be an Arsenal fan. And I think that kind of goes without saying. But I almost, as much as I love doing these rebuilds, I almost feel a little bit like I don't actually know if, even if we, they had this squad, how they would do. And obviously, the squad I've constructed is much better. Yeah. I have much more faith in it. But objectively, looking at Arsenal's ideal eleven it shouldn't be 20th and yeah they have injuries and they have other concerns but like i, I guess the good starting place is just with the manager because that's a, that'll be a good segue into getting into who's who's leading your team Mikel arteta and i could say because he was pep's right hand man for a long time at city you remember my position on him i was like yo i don't know i don't i don't think he's great i noticed an impact when he left but when he was in charge of 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 taking over city for a few games when pep had suspensions or whatnot I was like, dude, this, like he's not vocal enough. And at least he's changed that, right? We can see he's very vocal on the touchline. Yeah. It just seems like what he's doing, and all the memes are hilarious, of him just, just like the, talking to players like, hey, <laughs> yeah, or hey, say hi to, to Obavieg for me. <laughs> you know, and they're just running <laughs> off, just nonsensical stuff. What do you think of Arteta as a manager? Like, do you think he alone can bring Arsenal, not only out of this hole, because I think we'd all assume they'll leave 20th, but take them to a level where they can get back to what they once hated, which was top four in, uh, in an FA Cup? I think he's good enough to take them to top six. And I think to get them there, you're going to need significant investment. Because when you look at mm. it, clubs... More so than 150 clubs, mil that they yeah, just spent on nothing? You're going to need... I think Arsenal's biggest problems are not on the pitch and they're not in the dugout. Mm. Arsenal's biggest problems are in the board. And I think it's something that we need to address. Edu, his recruitment hasn't been great. The ownership isn't great, um, to say the least. I mean, they, they don't really like to spend a lot of money. And when they do, it's to shut some fans up. And even when they do, they don't do it right. And that, that falls, it would have to fall under Edu's, Edu's legs. And I'm, I'm sure these are not the, the targets Arteta identified before the window. And I don't think that he's probably happy with, with these. I'm sure he's happy that he's got a much bigger squad now, but I don't think he's... I'm sure he was happy with they brought in probably with some of them, but I'm sure if it were Ben White, Odegaard, and I think the rest he'll take it or leave them, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think they're they're good enough chess pieces for right now, but I don't think those are the ones he identified, and that the evidence of that is how late they left some of these. Right. Um, I think it's it's really important to identify that, and it's really important that their next most important signing isn't even on the pitch. It's who gets to buy the club next. And, and if that is the Spotify guy, then sure. But whoever it is has has a big, big job to do. But getting away from that and staying on the pitch, Arteta and Arsenal are far, far behind the top four clubs, uh, City, United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. They're probably behind Leicester. Um, and if they invest a little bit more, they could probably compete with Spurs. And that's, that's just it, right? So I think yeah. it's just fighting for that sixth position. Um, and I think Arteta is capable of that. I just don't know if that's what they want. However, at the, at this moment in time, like you can hire me for 10,000 pounds a month <laughs> and I'll keep them in 20th. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I'll be achieving the same thing that Arteta is doing right now. Like right. I'll, I'll do the exact same. Right. So yeah, 
that, it's that's not why. like he's he's painting himself in glory. But then again, he's not the one. like he picks the team and then they do the. So as soon as he crosses out, they cross the white line. There's nothing he can do. Yeah, and they the players have to take a good look at themselves for what they're doing. And if you can't get fired up for a, for the first game back with fans in two years against newly promoted Brentford, and you end up losing two 0 that that's on the players. Do you remember my credit? I don't know if you will, because it was a long time ago, but I'm not going to throw it to you. I'm just going to ask you, because sometimes when I throw it to you, we, we lose it. <laughs> Do you remember my criticism a few years ago of um, when Rafa Benitez was in charge of Newcastle? Do you remember uh, Was it that he was too good for the club or something? It was like, he's probably the best manager that they can get, but does that make him the most effective manager for that team? And I think the answer right, was right. no, right? I think the answer was just was no. I don't... I, I do feel a little bad for Arteta here because I don't think he's the man for the job, but I don't really think it's his fault. I think what he wants to do is beyond the capabilities of the squad. And even when they invest 150 million in it, and I'm like Odegaard is a player that Arteta wants, right? He wants that left-footed number 10 who's creative yep. and can kind of dictate the pace of the game a little bit. And what we saw from when Arteta left City, what the impact, and I could say this on the squad, was the, the assurance, especially in front of goal, seemed to have dipped a little bit for some players. So if we think that he's going to add that to a team, then we have to look at, okay, well, why have Arsenal over underperformed everywhere else? When I look at the Brentford game, it's like we, we discussed this, right? I don't want to revisit that too much, but it was like the bottom line comes down to Arsenal's on-paper squad should be far better than Brentford's on-paper squad and they should be able to get the job done. And if they can't get themselves motivated enough to get past a newly promoted side on the first day, you're going to have problems. Against yeah. City, they had like two spells where I thought they were very good. And, and that's what Pep praised. And then people laugh because it seems ironic, right? It's like you just beat them 5-0 and you're going to praise them. No, listen, man. Pep and Mourinho and Sir Alex, whenever they, whenever they <laughs> give praise to another manager, they don't rate them. Right, that, that no, 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 hold on. Pep definitely rates Arteta because he kept him as his right hand. I'm man. sure he does. He I'm was sure giving he does, cr but I credit think, at the yeah. only thing that he deserved credit for, which was in the first five minutes and between minutes like 30 and 35, Arsenal pressed really well. That was the only thing he could do well. Now, if you're like, if you're my boy, right, and I just beat the crap out of you, I'm like, hey man, he right, got some yeah, good yeah. shots, and right, like he did, he did okay here. Yeah, because, because Pep's gonna try to, you know, say, hey, listen, man, like. That's my boy. I rate him forever. Because if he got sacked, if he got sacked by Arsenal tomorrow, I bet you Probably Pep would try to bring him back to City, right? Because yeah. Pep's like, no, nah, it's my boy. Like, I trust him. And this might seem like a hot take, but I don't know if it is as a fan of Pep Guardiola for what he's done for my club. I don't know how effective Pep would be at Arsenal either, right? So it's no, not can, just a matter yeah. of having a good manager who is intellectually sound and can implement ridiculous tactics. Pep has said, I can only do achieve the success that I have because I've been I've been gifted such magnificent players, right? Arsenal have not been, you know, I, I don't have players anywhere near that quality. They have some who are, you know, approaching. Right, Aubameyang came in and he was very good, and I disagreed with how Arteta implemented him, right? I thought that playing him off the left was a little bit weird, but again, at that point, they were playing a more effective version of the team. It wasn't what fans wanted to see. Yeah, it was what what can we do to get results. In the first year, it, yeah, it got results, and that's what gave gave him the FA Cup. And um, right. after that new contract, we didn't really see him. the The version of the team that I have um, that I have built today is a four two three one because I think that's the system Same. he wants to play. But after seeing I mean, how like 
dominated and City dominated pretty much everybody. But seeing how City dominated Arsenal and seeing where they actually did well in the team, I would say, okay, if Arteta, who we know can be effective because we've seen glimpses of what he can do to actually just be effective to try to get results, how can we get more of that? Or how can we find a compromise between what he wants to do and, and what needs to be done? And I so think do you keep him as, um, as your manager? In this hypothetical, I have, okay? Because, I okay. again, I don't blame him. Now, if Nuno Espirito Santos hadn't been picked up, then I would have said, go get him. Because remember, I said, right. North London, go get him. <clears throat> He's free. Tottenham happened to get him. Tottenham are top of the table. That is perhaps by coincidence. Obviously, they're not going to finish there. But after three games, we can only look at what we've seen, which is that our, uh, Tottenham have been very effective if nothing else, and Arsenal have not been, okay? Yeah. What I noticed in that City game was that they were getting dominated in midfield. Like, Arsenal had no one, like nothing to offer the relentless press of City's sometimes six, sometimes eight with the fullbacks. It's just ridiculous. They're getting swarmed. And City will do that to a lot mm-hmm. of teams. But it made me think, well, what if Arsenal play a little bit more narrow of a formation here? Like, maybe they need to say, okay, we have to sacrifice some of this width and invest in fullbacks as a different project down the line. But right now, we need way more effective central midfielders who can clog up that area of the pitch. And then we can counter with speed on, you know, wherever we find. Maybe it's strikers who are pacey, whatever it is. Yeah. If you don't have anyone to win the ball back and then start the counterattack straight away, you're gonna you're probably gonna struggle, and that goes for ninety nine percent of the teams out there. Right. the The version of the team that I've built, I think, has some elements of a team that could play four three one two, depending on how they're holding possession. But ultimately, I settled on a four two three one because I think this version of the squad I've constructed would work for what Arteta wants to do. Okay, And at that point, if he couldn't get the job done with these players who I brought in for, again, the same budget, then I would say, okay, maybe maybe Arteta is not the guy because now we've backed him with actual quality players. The other thing that I have to mention is like we said when we were doing our Spurs rebuild, there are some players that are too big for Arsenal right now. And that probably yeah. sucks to hear, especially because from the manager City fan. I'm well. sure that a lot of Arsenal fans are like, still remember, how dare you say that? Like we are still one of the top clubs in the world. Yeah, but the allure isn't there because you don't offer the elite competition that a lot of the top players want to play in, right? So some of the players that I've pitched, I think all of them, I think would want to move to Arsenal, barring maybe one or two. But again, my rebuild is not all about right now. It's about the future. It's about how to be effective right now, but also going forward. And if one of these transfers is unrealistic, and you'll know which one when I say it, then we'll see. Now, for for the for the arguments of today, we have not necessarily included all of the transfers Arsenal made, right? We're saying how they should have spent that money. Okay. Yeah, and um, I just want to make it clear that I didn't really. I might be going over the budget, the one hundred and fifty, but I'm confident in the team that I built. Um, yeah. As long as you didn't, and I think, blow it out of the water, like by you know no. four hundred, it'd be like okay, dude. No, <laughs> it's it's reasonable enough if they can sell some players. And mm. we know that they have a lot of deadwood that they need cleared. So if you get a bunch of the club out for 10 million, then, then you're going to be able to afford it. It'll be right. at least, at most, I mean, net 150 million. There's, there's also the fact that um, Arsenal, like maybe if, even if they cleared all this deadwood, you might say, what about like squad depth? I would point you to the direction of West Ham this year, who are not a very deep squad, but their first team is actually very good. 
and you think, okay, well, they're not playing in the Champions League either. Like, they're a Europa League squad, right? The, the talent who they're bringing in, who they were bringing in, they were bringing in yeah. for this project. And if that's where Arsenal are right now, then that's okay. Because at least we know if from here, they can only go up. They can't get any lower. They're literally 20th place. They can only build I mean, up from here. They can't right? get lower. <laughs> right now. Physically, right now, they couldn't go any lower than 20th. Yeah. In by, by May, if they haven't done any better, then yes, it's like they're coming down. But that, that's a whole other discussion. So that being said, let's get to the team, okay? In net, who do you have in net? I'll just start with the manager because I have changed my oh, manager. Okay, oh, interesting. Okay, tell me. Yeah. Um, I think there are shouts for some big managers, and I think that Arsenal need to remember what kind of managers they're talking about. Mm. And I've heard shouts about Antonio Conte. Antonio mm. Conte is not coming to Arsenal. He's not coming to Arsenal. Dude, okay? That's the funniest thing I've heard is not since, coming to Arsenal. since Conte going to Tottenham. Like, you just yeah. know that's not going to happen. There's just no way. It ain't going to happen. Conte is not going to Arsenal. Simeone is not going to Arsenal. No. Those two might play the way you want to see your club play, but it's not going to happen. I went with a top quality manager that is... Probably, you know, you can you can lure him into Arsenal if you throw some money at him and say, you know, you're the guy that we want the project to be on. And it'll league-wise, it'll be a step down, but club stature-wise, it's a step up. And I went with Brendan Rodgers. I think yeah, he's that's very a little exciting, bro. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's very more. effective. He, I think he he can challenge for Europe at Leicester, and he can't immediately do that at Arsenal. And if they finish in the top six or seven this season, then, you know, forgive me, but um, I think he can bring them up immediately and start getting results. For goalkeeper, I kept... Wait, hold on. For what it's worth, uh, you could absolutely put in Rodgers as manager of my team right now, and they wouldn't miss a beat. I think they'd actually probably be even better. I just didn't... I thought, okay, let's give Arteta the benefit of the doubt here and see what can you do with this hypothetical squad, which I think would be better. But... Brendan Rodgers is a better manager than Mikel Arteta is. We know that. And yes, that's 100%. absolutely a step up to have a better manager inherit a squad that is better. Just plain yeah. and simple. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Leno and Net. I went with Leno and Net. I know some people were upset with him. A lot. Some of the Arsenal fans were saying that he makes a lot of mistakes, but you know he's he's really exposed. So you yeah. don't know if those mistakes are going to stay when he gets some coverage or if they're going to get worse. And if they do get worse, then you do have a problem on your hands. But I think he's a decent enough goalkeeper to handle it when he's got coverage. I completely agree. Yeah, I kept Leno in that too. I don't think that the Ramsdale purchase was necessary. I think no. I think a lot of the um, Arsenal fans will... And I remember having Gerard, shout out Gerard, on the show talking about, you know, it sucks that Martinez left and now he's like one of the best goalkeepers in the league. But it's like, but also he had 10 years to make that point at Arsenal. And it sucks that no one could give him that chance a little earlier. Because to be honest, Martinez would totally be starting in this uh, in this team, right? He's he's better than hundred percent. But when Leno was brought in, it's because he was a solid keeper. All right, he has been left very exposed on a number of occasions. And yes, some of the errors that he's made have been his fault. But I think the amount of errors that he would make in a system where he's far more protected benefit him a lot you know would help him out a lot and at that point i don't think that they'd be spending 30 mil on a new keeper especially one to challenge because now they arguably have two number one keepers who could challenge each other maybe there's you know a argument to be made there about oh well this will force leno to be better that's fine but that's a 30 million to try to get the best out of your keeper yeah for competition that's not really it seems a little seems like a hell of a price tag for now, if Arsenal want to actually just play Ramsdale in all the cup games now and they kind of balance it out, 
that's on them to figure it out. But I think that Leno is already a good enough number one that with changes in the system and personnel throughout the team, you don't actually need to replace the keeper. I agree. Cool. Uh, left back, who you got? <clears throat> I got Kieran Tierney. Again, that's Absolutely. A, he's another solid shout that you don't really need to change. Um, keep him in. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Tierney either. Like, he's pretty quick. And yes, obviously, he's made some some mistakes. Arsenal have been kind of a in shambles defensively for quite some time. And it seems like whenever they start to pick up pretty good defensive records, like they did at the beginning of last season, they just start to get played with injuries. And then that's obviously, you know, out of, out of everyone's hands, but in terms of actual personnel, do you need to bring in somebody for Kieran Tierney? And I would say, no, now I don't disagree with bringing in Nuno Tavares. I think that gives them the option, especially as presently constructed, because obviously our teams here are just hypothetical of playing three at the back and playing Nuno Tavares as a left wing back where he'd be very comfortable, but also providing cover and not necessarily bringing in a big star to challenge right away. I think Nuno Tavares is one for the future who could be given the chance now, but not as like a starting left back in the Premier League. He would be as a starting left wing back in some games while they're trying to figure out the system. Um, yeah. But for eight, eight and a half mil, I don't, I don't have any problems with the Nuno Tavares signing. I just don't think Me that either. with how much they needed a right back going out to buy a backup left back was the way to go. Like, again, that's just another yeah, example of it's, it's not great. A bit of a silly bit of business by Arsenal where there were other ways to spend the money. Right. 100%. So right now we've already saved almost 40 mil in this team, by the way, just on our team so far <laughs> we've addressed. It's like they addressed areas that weren't really problems and we are leaving the areas that aren't problems. And we're going to spend money where they actually have problems. Elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Um, do you want me to go with my okay I was gonna go with the right okay so uh, at center back I kept Ben White because I didn't look at this as um what who would I who would I bought with that money Mm. um the money is the money it's what he was worth to Brighton and it I looked at it who can I partner with Ben White because they've just paid 50 million and I went with Nikola Milenkovic Fiorentina he's 23 years old um and I think he's he's a good enough player he's very tall he's very physical and I think he'd do a really good job. I, I don't know how the partnership with him and White would be, but I think that's something that would be worth risking. Um, and I think you can get him for a good price. He's also one for the future. See, I have, I'm okay with the White signing as well. Um, and I think, like you said, the price, ta- price tags are a little bit, price tags are inflated in the Premier League. It is what it is. There's the, there's the additional fact that the English yeah. tax is there, right? Because he's, no one's forced to sell. He's an English player. And what is he worth on the transfer market versus what is he worth to that club? To Brighton, if they can get 70, they're going to try to get top dollar for him and Arsenal are desperate for this kind of profile center back. Now, if Ben White was like four inches taller, that would be awesome for them because he's pretty short for a center back. But so is Eric Garcia, right? And Eric Garcia just left Man City to go to Barcelona and he'll probably be pretty effective long-term because the brain is there. And I think that Arteta really likes that ability in the player, even if physically he's not going to be the destroyer, but he should be partnered with a destroyer. And what I've done is I think that Gabriel is that destroyer. I've kept Gabriel. Gabriel is already, they brought him in like literally. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. He's like six, four, he's left footed. He can play the ball. He played for Lille under Christophe Galtier, which is, you remember, that's my club. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, that's your club. Sorry, but that's my that's my that's my club in in, uh, about to in say. career mode in career mode, and 
maybe he needs a leader. Maybe he's not quite ready to, to be the dominant force just yet. But we've constructed other elements of this team to leave the center back partnership a little bit less exposed as well. And so I think having a partnership of Gabrielle and White, even though that's currently what their center back partnership could be when they're when they're fully healthy, actually doesn't have any problems for me. Spending 70 mil on Ben White obviously is a little problematic because I think he's, his, his valuation is probably closer to 40 in what he's actually worth. But You mean in euros, right? Plus, yeah. Yeah, but plus English tax you know, adds another 15 and Arsenal are desperate and Brighton know that and Brighton weren't desperate to sell. So that transfer, though, it seems inflated. I don't actually mind for the present or long-term of Arsenal because now they have a young center back partnership who partner each other. Well, one's physically dominant, smart, left-footed passer. The other one is the, is the, is the complete opposite. And that partnership, as we talk about quite often on the show, tandem partnerships, make very good relationships for clubs. And if they can stay healthy, and that's a huge ask because Arsenal have been plagued with injuries, this partnership, I think, can actually be pretty solid, especially when you put the personnel in front of them that I have. True. I, I just need a change for me. That's my counter argument. Sure. I needed to change and shuffle the pack because we know that there is a stock problem with Arsenal centre-backs, mm-hmm. and I needed to fix that with an incoming player because yep. sometimes all you need is a new face. And that's why I went with. Similar to how you thought of your Spurs rebuild. Right. Yeah, I completely, I completely understand that. Um, I don't disagree with the logic. I just am willing to, yeah. to, to explore this partnership a little further. Uh, so who I do have, you have a right back? I have brought in a new name at right back. I've actually gone back to Brighton. And I've gone and fished out a Tariq No way, Tariq Lamptey is a very, very, very good player who is a right back, but is a very modern fullback where he's almost fitting the personnel of a right mid because he loves to get forward. And he's very small, all right? He's very, he's, he's petite. Yeah, he's tiny. But I don't really care that much. Like, to be no, honest, he's, so good. he's, he's, so a, good. he's such a good player on the ball that I actually think, much like the Trent argument where you know, oh, well, he's going to get exposed for this, that. Yeah, maybe. But what he's going to offer me going forward is actually going to be a little bit more beneficial, especially if I'm going to implement a system here where I'm going to make sure I always have a block of four, right? I always have a block of Mm -hmm. my center back partnership and the two protectors in front of them, then let my fullbacks explore a little bit more. I think Tariq Lamptey, his valuation, I don't know what his price tag would be, like he just arrived, but I think somewhere in the areas of the you know thirty I mean, to if forty they area Arsenal, would probably be okay. If they rinse them for fifty million for Ben White, they're probably going to get sixty million. The thing is, don't you feel like if Arsenal had gone in with like a double swoop of like a hundred mil, they could have got both? Yeah, they would have gone both for six. And even hundred mil is really no, they excessive. Bought, yeah, they could have got both. They could have gone both for six. Yeah, you know, like in another world, like a more realistic target. Now maybe they get rinsed out because they're both coming from Brighton, but. Brighton had a very good partnership here, and it's it's better than what Arsenal have. Hector Bellerin is literally the worst right back in the Premier League. So he's gone any now, player, he to... yeah, he's gone now. He pissed Betis. off. Yeah, Real Betis. Right. Yeah, but literally any right back who Arsenal could bring in would have been better. But that doesn't mean we want to invest in just any right back. We want to invest in players who we think could actually make a difference for Arsenal. I think the overlaps, the the skill on the ball that Tariq Lamptey possesses, who, by the way, I have to shout out Chelsea here. 
Chelsea have produced like five right backs in the last little while who are <laughs> yeah, just so absurd true. across, you know, be it James, be it the one who just played, you know, against you guys at Southampton, Lamptey or whatnot. They have so many good young right backs coming out of their academy. That is pretty yeah. absurd. I don't know how that might affect him. Like if he's like, nah, I'm Chelsea. Like I don't want to go to Arsenal. That could be a factor. But that's obviously not how we approach these rebuilds, right? We're not talking about the realisticness. I think that a player like Tariq Lamptey would see, okay, it's fun to be here at Brighton, but if I can take, if I can elevate my career by helping to restore one of the former biggest clubs in the world to a Europa League, a Champions League spot, I think that he'd want to do that because realistically, even if Arsenal are 20th and they seem to be rivaling Brighton right now in terms of where they might finish <laughs> in the table, long-term, I think the likelihood of Arsenal reachieving Europa League or Champions League is far higher than Brighton, right? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the allegiance point because I have brought in a player that will need to cross the North London derby Ooh. threshold. And it is, I usually don't go with players over 30, but I needed some experience and I needed someone to marshal that defense. Do you know where I'm going with this? I think so. Tell me. It's Kieran Trippier. Ooh. That's not I don't know if that's who you are. Okay. I thought you I were going to say Matt Doherty. And I'm like, actually, he wouldn't have no, a problem no, with that because no, no. he was an Arsenal fan growing up. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I should have thought of that. But no, I went with Kieran Trippier because, you know, I was trying to was trying to buy him. I don't think this is breaking news to anyone. Um, we got quoted 40 million. And I think if Arsenal came in next summer, that, that price probably drops down to 25-ish. Mm. Million less, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you can pick up a really good player. And I know he's over 30, but he still plays regularly for England and he still plays regularly for Atletico Madrid. And yeah. he would offer Arsenal a lot of help in marshalling that defense. That's a very good point. Also, one of our own, I feel the need to mention. Oh just my by the way, all the time. never forget Kieran Trippier. I think he's from Greats to Manchester. He's, uh, he's came up through. I don't know, but I think it's like in the Burnley area, which is very, very close. But uh, it's one of our own, bro. Oh, she played, for, played for a 2008 <laughs> City youth team. Um, I like that shout a lot. Basically, like we said, there are so many right backs who are better than Hector Bellerin that it's not hard to find an upgrade. But yeah. we've both gone with maybe not similar profile players because I think Lamptey is more of a you know take-on specialist. Like that would be his his number one asset that I would argue. And I think that um Trippier's number one asset is crossing right is is on the ball deliveries are fantastic but nonetheless both of them would be better offensively and defensively than Hector Bellerin than anything they've got <laughs> yeah only has speed right and Cedric Suarez is a thousand years old and really can't do anything either there's a case to be made here that maybe they could bring in speaking of crossing the North London divide uh Aurier who just le- who just had his contract terminated left on a free but if we're looking for defenders better than... It's like adding Hector, gasoline to a flame. Right. That's exactly my point, right? <laughs> like, if we're looking for defenders better than Hector Bellerin and we look no further than Serge Aurier, we're really not looking very far, right? Because it, no, you're looking be at a pretty from like, similar mistake-prone defender. Yeah. You're looking at from the F to the whatever grade just above an F. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the, that's the back line. I'm pretty satisfied with both of our back lines to be honest i think that me too they're, they're better and neither of them are overly expensive uh yours no. you obviously spent a little bit more money than i did by just going out and getting one more player than Milankovic, yeah. but we'll see us like at the end how much money it is that, that we both spent um yeah. you said you were doing four or three sorry four two three one i am yeah um right. i've yeah. got 
I've saved some money in one of the positions in the pivot and I've kept Thomas Partey because there is no need to change Thomas Partey. They already spent a lot of money on him. He wanted to go to Arsenal because apparently he was an Arsenal fan and uh, partnering him in that double pivot is this, this is going to be a lot of money. It's Sergei Milinkovic Savage. From Lazio, 26 uh, years old. Come on. Get him. Go get him. Because if there's going to be one big ticket item in this <laughs> Arsenal team, let it be him. I spent money. I you know, you're going to have convinced. the same reaction when you hear my cam. <laughs> you're going to really? be like, shut up. Yeah, because oh, that's okay, how I feel okay. right now. Listen, I totally am <laughs> with you for the Thomas Partey shout. Um, it's party time, bro. You just think it's, Unfortunately, too, just think it's too good to be true for the SMS one? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a hundred million pound player. Like, that's a player who could be playing. Who, he's a Champions League caliber but player. There's something for that, some reason his valuation never dips for four, for the last four years. His valuation has not dipped. It's he's he hasn't gotten any worse. He's just as good. Like, I, he's I a agree, Champions yeah. League that's caliber true. player. And like we said when doing the Tottenham thing, we have to keep in mind we want to bring maybe in quality players. <laughs> maybe he's an Arsenal fan. That and maybe maybe he's just like eh, meh. I don't yeah, I don't care. Why not? I think that that is like preposterous if they were to pull that off. If United <laughs> were to pull that off, I'd be like, that's ridiculous. What a signing. For Arsenal, that, that's, that, there's, no, there's just no yeah. way. Um, because like I said, there's something to be said about the way that I approach this was players who are either trying to like reignite something in their career or would be willing to invest in bringing Arsenal back to the top. And I don't think like a top quality Champions League <laughs> caliber player, a hundred million pound player would be that. But if Ben White is a 70 million pound player, then maybe Sergei Milinkovic Savage is a 250 million pound player because he's way better. <laughs> like, <laughs> way better. Um, I can't I, wait to hear your cam shout then. I agree with I agree, fun. I agree with Thomas Partey. Like I said, I think that that was a, like, he's just a very good player. And in a double yeah. pivot, I usually like complementary assets. And I think I've incorporated that, but I've also incorporated two sixes. One, maybe a little bit more of an eight. But these are both players who, let's say, could play as a Simeone two in a four-four-two, right? Like it, as Let the two holding it. midfielders. Um, I've gone for Ruben Neves. Oh come on! Ruben Neves is a realistic <laughs> shout. He's a realistic shout. He plays for no, he plays for Wolves. They're not a Champions United, League. He could United be playing. Let that happen. He's not playing <laughs> in the Champions League. He's playing. And you remember, he what? This is another thing about Ruben Neves. He and was the youngest player to captain played. a Champions League side with Porto and moved to the championship yeah. in England. So don't tell yeah. me he's not willing to move to help bring up another project because he totally is. All right. No, if, he is. If Arsenal I just went think out, United wouldn't let that happen. Well, Jesus Christ, pull the trigger then Arsenal. Like come on, or, or United because go get your boy. If no one's going to go get this guy, he could very realistically be the guy to carry Arsenal back up. He's exactly what Arteta would need because he's a, he's very much what a lot of clubs need. He would almost single-handedly stop teams getting dominated in midfield, especially if he had Partey as his partner, because the two of them would provide a lot of protection for that back line. But he also has, you know, he, he's kind of transformed more into a six than an eight, but it's it's there. You know it's in there. His ball-playing yeah. ability and his box-to-boxness. Maybe he's not quite the dribbler to carry, but just to occupy. He's a Paul Scholes, bro. To occupy positions and no, just oh my hit it. This is, you know, he, he's, he's more a Michael Carrick than anything. No, he's way better than Michael Carrick. He's, he's my boy. He's no, he's Portuguese. not. Shut up. He's the Portuguese oh Paul Scholes. He's fantastic. Um, oh and I think goodness. that he would, re- like, I think that still might be, even though Wolves are higher in the table, 
moving from Wolves to Arsenal to help Arsenal reachieve Europa League and Champions League, given his history of coming to a side that was much lower and elevating them, I think is pretty realistic. But in the same breath, if Chelsea need him for or City off, or yeah. United went out and got him, I would totally see that too. Because in terms of quality, he does have the quality of a Champions yeah. League player. But I, many, but I think that that's... Need it. Arsenal, like it's kind of that middle ground where Arsenal want players of extreme quality. And I'll tell right. you another thing. It's way more realistic that they get him no, than Sergei Don't I'll shit around that. here with that. Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. It's just, you know, I wanted him at United during yeah. this window. And I just think too many Premier League clubs need him to allow him to go to Arsenal. Yeah, he, he could play for any Champions League side in, in the Premier League. But I like it. And, and it's who Arsenal need. And I'm sure that they would love, love that signing, right? Let's hear um, your outrageous cam shout then. <laughs> no way. My it's four two three one. I'm going left to right now. My I have to build oh, some okay. uh, I have to build yeah, up my cam. Yeah, you have to build some credit. I have to build some credit <laughs> here in my cam. The bush. Uh at Hello. left wing slash left mid, who you got? Oh, this is exciting. It's gonna cost a lot of money. He's been using the Premier League, but I went with Alan and Maxima. I, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. What people need to remember is that <laughs> this, our is, rebuilds, this is a redo. Of our Real Madrid rebuilds. Our, our, our rebuilds are idealistic meets, or, yeah, ideal meets reality with a twist of FIFA career mode. FIFA career and this is what you've, you've presented me career mode here. <laughs> because I know. there's no way. Okay, go ahead. Tell me more. Please, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you. I'm selling some players. <laughs> I love it. It'd be a I'm lot of fun in a video game. A club. Yeah, no, it would be great because... It's not at all what Arsenal be. He wouldn't solve any of Arsenal's problems, but he'd be very exciting. So I like that element of it. I like him in my front three, to be honest. I like him in my front three because I think Newcastle are probably going down. So you might be able to get him at a cheaper cost than if they stay up. Um, But he's exciting. He's exactly what Arsenal need in terms of let someone come in and lift the club. And they know him from the league. They've been hurt by him. Let him come in. Let okay. him lift the spirits up. I'll tell you Let why. Let people be obnoxious on Twitter again. Do you Let remember them... which club oh, yeah. it is we're rebuilding here? Yes. Arsenal's every winger they go and sign is a flashy star boy. And every one of them fails miserably. Because when the flashy tricks don't work out, they go, he's shit. He can't do anything. <laughs> That's That was Pepe. That was William. They've, they've they been do that down to this themselves. road before. They don't allow people to come into the team slowly. They do that to themselves. I don't have... Would you not be bringing him in to start right away? No, I would. I just oh, wouldn't pile as much pressure on them as they do with Pepe. <laughs> like the, they completely murdered Pepe. They hit the self-destruct button themselves on Pepe. Mm-hmm. So can you relax on your signings and be real, realistic about chemistry and letting people build up some chemistry and, and understanding with their teammates? No, of course not. Because you're going to just say he's the next Henri for the next 15 years and he'll still be at your club and earning 350,000 pounds a week. Just relax, calm down, get off Twitter, sign out. And then just watch the TV sometimes. You make me laugh. Um, and maybe you're <laughs> I, my, I have a more realistic player option here who I think sure solves more problems. I brought in a signing too because I'm just not willing to invest in this Pepe. Pro- I think there's just, if I'm going to invest in Arteta, I have to give them players who I think can be way more effective at getting the job done. And I think if nothing else, we've seen like Pepe, they talk about him like he's like 22, 23. The man's like 27, 28. Like he's fully of age that he should have figured it out by now. And if he hasn't, then we just got to move on, bro. All right. They talk about him how 
Martial FC United supporters still talk about Martial. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. It's like he doesn't strike the hearts. He doesn't strike fear in no. the heart of anybody. Now, so I've just kind of moved on from him. And I know like, oh, he costs so much money. That's fine. Get him out, man. Because I got a player. I got a player. Okay. Who is it? Harvey Barnes. This nice. is a quality player. Harvey okay? Barnes. Especially under, especially under Brendan Rodgers, if you brought him in. Um, super like this is an effective player a left-footed left winger who we don't see a whole lot of anymore who can play off the shoulder really can play as a cam can play off the shoulder of a striker you play second striker if he needed to his positioning is great his his running is relentless his energy is there he's a manager's dream he's a manager's dream and you'd also be weakening less hard and low exactly he's a great player who i think you could probably get in the 50 to 70 range which for an effective signing is actually not a bad idea because you know you want to go and spend money some maximum is going to cost if you're signing harvey bonds for 17 million pounds i don't know i would imagine somewhere near in the same range but for different reasons okay so why are you laughing then because because i don't think san maximan helps the cause i think that harvey barnes helps the the cause Because you know, he's the what they need. He's them. like a proper workman. He shows up in his like Peaky Blinders hat, right? Like one of those style hats. He goes to work at the sawmill know, this every isn't morning. Birmingham. This is comes, London, Nathan. No, this, this is, is what he does. He's going to bring Birmingham grit to London. And that's what I think Arsenal need more of. Because he's he's no, very effective. Be, some Maximum is going to be wearing an Arsenal branded Gucci. A Gucci uh, headband. headband. And then he's going to be in, in all the advertisements. And you know, they're sourced with the Adidas jerseys. He's going to look great. And I know we're trying to convince Arsenal fans of our teams. And I think I'm doing a really good job because I think they would go with Sam Maximum. <laughs> I think I, that's the thing. The problem Especially is if they you probably have Harvey would. Bonds at The problem million. is they probably would go for Sam Maximum. And that's why you and I are doing this. I told you, we're <laughs> big brothering them. We're giving them what they actually need to become competitive. Because I genuinely do think they need Sam Maximum. I think he adds to the club. I, I, think I genuinely that, do. Much like the Aubameyang flashiness or the Willian trickery or the Pepe. Like, I can give you multiple examples of players who fit a similar profile personality makes that just doesn't work out. And, okay, I can't wait to hear the rest of the front three then. I'm not sure. I love Alan Saint-Maximin. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> He's a baller. He's so much fun to use yeah, in career is. mode and stuff. He's not... Think of Arsenal. Think of the flaming pile of dog poo that Arsenal are. And do they actually need another flashy star boy winger? No, they need effective, starting, strong, relentless, energy-pressing players to capitalize on what they're good at and get results. And Harvey Barnes is that. Okay, fair. No, I I agree. Fair. That's way more sensible. I just think yes. you're very, very overestimating how much he would cost. I don't think he would go nearly... I think you would, bro. Harvey pounds. Barnes is a quality player. If bro, you don't think he'd he cost as much player. as Ben White? Okay, but yeah, okay, I so know. you're talking about sick. 50 million pound range. Right. 50 to 70. So yeah. 70 million. I don't think he's a 70 million pound player. I think he would cost because if Ben no, White I, is, I a, think is a 70 million pound player, you yeah. know what I mean? So if that was too realistic for you, let, let's play a hypothetical game here. And this I have a couple of players who we could argue in this spot, but the, my my number one priority signing. Is this your cam now? This is my cam. <clears throat> I'm getting ready for the laughs. But this is a very good player. <laughs> All right, I'll try to... I'll try to uh-huh. I think would be very, very good. Now, let's be serious for a second here, okay? Bringing in Odegaard for under 40 is actually a very good bit of business, okay? I have no problems with that. But 
Odegaard, if we're going to look at this in a very different way, you know, when a player comes to the Premier League in fantasy, they like adjust their value to how much they think they'll contribute. He costs like yeah. five mil in fantasy, bro. No one has Yikes. hopes that Arsenal, that he will actually be a player who provides 20 plus goal involvements a year. But to bring in a player who, who might provide that, it'll cost quite a bit. This is where I think Arsenal needed to go and get the money. Not on James Madison for 70, but on Danny Almo from Leipzig. <laughs> this is a very good signing, bro. He's versatile. Mom. He's Spanish, which Arteta loves. His market value <laughs> is around 50 million euros. And, he looks great in a Zara suit. <laughs> he's so he's handsome. Daniel Almo is the player who Arteta would love. He's he can play at any position. He has a ton of energy. He gets involved in goals. And Leipzig have such a thick squad right now of players who fit this profile. I think maybe maybe they'd be willing to to offload one. Okay, but you know what this is? Maybe Daniel Almo wants to go to a club that are a little bit more competitive than twentieth place in the Premier League. And I understand you know that. You know what this is? What? This is me pitching Alexander Isaac for Spurs. No, it isn't. It's the exact same. The- Exactly. It might be a little bit similar. Listen, <laughs> Daniel Almo. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, if Arsenal weren't 20th right, if Arsenal got this done in June or July, but like like right before the Euro started, okay, not yeah. when they're 20th in the Premier League, is this not a feasible transfer? Bro, no, it no, is. Arsenal, it is. Right? We would think that Arsenal will be in the conversation of Europa League-ish. Like, we also say, don't think that Arsenal are going to finish 20th this year. No, season. Exactly. Like, we, we, but he had a very good girl and very bad improved his value a lot. Yeah, and now Barcelona, true. who are piss broke, are like, we want Danny Olmo. And it's like, listen, you're, if you're linked to a forest fire, might as well go to one where you have upside potential. You're not going to be bankrupt in six months. Yeah. Danny Olmo is still probably even more realistic than Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, I would argue. I would agree. And I think that it's a very, uh, another, this is like the profile player who is, Maybe you not, and I've been using the word effective a lot because that's like getting results. He's the actual player who can get involved on the score sheet. If he came into the Premier League, his price in fantasy is going to be at least seven point five mil, and that so you know, you know that isn't that a high average price? No, he's eight point five mil, but it's like a Paul Pogba price, right? It's like or or a Mason Greenwood price or a Phil Foden like range price, right? Where it's like, yeah, we'll probably this player will probably get somewhere in the ten to fifteen, maybe even twenty goal involvement range. And if the gurus over at FPL think that he's going to be worth that, then we know that he's going to be super effective. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this is a, a solid signing. He, he's better than Odegaard, in my opinion. Um, he can take control of a game. He has relentless energy, right, which is all great. He played so well in the Euros. Like, dude, I, I wrote his name down the second I was watching Spain play. I was like, oh, he's really good. Like, And he'd be <laughs> very good at what Arsenal need him to do, which is like, bro, help us out. Like, Take us there. But, but maybe that's a little unrealistic. So I have backup names. One of them, another guy from Leipzig before he uh, went to Bayern for pennies, was the captain, Sabitzer, who, again, I thought would have been great at Tottenham. He would have been great here, to be honest, as a cam, as a eight, as a six, as a left wing, as a right wing. He's literally the James Milner, the Austrian James Milner but better because he plays every position, but he actually, unlike James Milner, plays them very well. That's a huge asset to have. That's a huge asset. That is very true. And he went to Bayern for 16 mil. 16 mil. Let's play hypothetical here. Do you think if Arsenal offered double or even triple, meaning up to a whopping, what, 
45 mil ish that they could have got him probably right absolutely probably he's a captain he's versatile he's sensible he's a cannon of a foot he's a great player who also would have been a a quality step up than Odegaard who I think they probably should have got two ahead of them I have one more name at cam who I think again would have been very he incorporates flair, but we've seen him be very effective in the league before. And boy, oh boy, does he need to rejuvenate his career, which is why this mm-hmm. step down actually makes sense for him. Coutinho. Ah. Ah. Interesting. interesting, right? Barcelona literally can't afford to play him because if they play him, they have to pay him and they can't afford yeah. to do that, which means he needs a way out. Hey, Phil, wouldn't you like to go to a team where you could be Phil. the star, light the league on fire like you used to? and prove people that at 28 years old, you're not done. Like he, he could still be a great player. I think he still has a lot to offer. I just don't think he has any chance to do that right now. I think he's like, needs to have his wages slashed a little bit, but in terms of price, if Arsenal were like, Hey, here's 20 mil. I think they could literally get him for that. Cause our, cause Barca are like, please take, like, we have to get, we ha- we're leads right now, but we got to burn everything. Get we got to get rid of everybody. I get it, but he's jumping from a sinking ship to a forest fire. And I don't know which is better. <laughs> I, I, I would say forest fire because at least he gets to play at the forest fire. At least you can come run around. Yeah, yeah. You know, like at least you're not going to drown. You might burn, but you're not going to drown. So we know at least Coutinho would catch fire. Ha. Wording. Ah, play, nice. Success from the spoken word artist. Well done. I actually oh, yeah. like all three of these shouts by me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ahead of Odegaard, but Arsenal being a little bit too narrow-minded to see this probably went, well, Odegaard's the best we can get. So let's go get him. Like, would we, they probably played this, this hypothetical scenario. Well, is it better to get James Madison for 70 or Odegaard for 40? And the answer is Odegaard for 40. Mm-hmm. But what if I told you you could get like all these other players for like between in that same price range? And I think all of them would have been better. Maybe they will. Okay, well, we've seen Odegaard play before and he had a tremendous effect on the team, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. That doesn't make him the most effective or best player for the job. And I think any of these camps would have been better and probably more beneficial for us in the long term. But what you just said is my exact argument because I kept Odegaard in the team. I just I've right. spent too much money on my midfield and I just kept him in. Right. He's already sure. he's already been there. He's already done that. Keep him there. There's no point in spending money on that. But because you saved more money than I did in my midfield, your shouts make sense. I just I don't think that with what I've strengthened that it's necessary. I wanted to sh- reshuffle the the CDM spot and that's why I spent a lot of money on Milinkovic Savage, even though it's not really realistic. It's just someone that I think it's the right profile of player that they need in the midfield. Rather than going out and spending extra money on the Odegaard. The ideal, beyond ideal player who they need. Yeah, (laughs) that's for damn sure. Um, That's fair. I just, you know, I have my concerns with Odegaard for all the reasons that I've, that I've listed there. Ultimately, I don't think he's the player who at any point in his arsenal. No, and and I think they'll need strengthening. Yeah, I don't think at any point he will be the player to get, to be involved in 20 goals. And I think at the 10 spot, they desperately need, they desperately need that and if they're not going to play that if they're not going to play that way like if they were to play without a 10 then they need dynamic wingers and then maybe your same maximum shout works better do you know um do you want to hear a shout that that i was kind of um playing around with in the team for what position for a cam ahead of odegaard i was thinking that arsenal should go and sign jesse lingard and i don't know if that's another really i think that's a i think that's a good shout i just think 
as funny as it sounds, I think he would be better off of going rejoining West Ham because that's way that's a way more stable ship right now. And he as someone would... who has left United to go on loan to get out of depression because his personal <laughs> life caused him to be depressed. Right. And he wasn't playing and Bruno's ahead of him, Pogba's ahead of him, Wamata was ahead of him. He went to West Ham to rediscover himself. And I think if he had gone to Arsenal, whether it was before or after West Ham, I think he would just be depressed again, to be honest. That's that's completely fair. Um, the I would say he would probably be the, the Lingard of West Ham in front of Partey and Neves, right? Because he was playing in front of... Especially Suchek at the Emirates, because we know how he loves to score there. Right. But I mean, he was playing in front of Suchek and Rice. So Lingard, yeah. Suchek and Rice is a better midfield trio than what Arsenal have. Right. So, right. or even just the duo protecting him able to, uh, enables him to do more. West Ham are better. Like West Ham are better than Arsenal. Plain and simple right now. I kind of, I, I referred to that a little bit earlier, um, or I alluded to that if we're going to be bougie a little bit earlier <laughs> about Arsenal's first team being strong enough to not be competitive across a whole lot of competitions. Maybe they're thin, but their first team is actually going to be very effective uh, and yeah. good. I like Lingard, but Lingard had a very good like stint, stint at West Ham because West Ham needed exactly that, and he offered exactly what they needed, but they had pieces around. As presently constructed, Arsenal don't have those pieces around for Lingard to be effective, right? Yeah. So and that's I think ultimately right. why been, didn't put him in. It would have been much. It would have been very depressing. But in in a rebuild like we've constructed here, bro, in front of SMS and Thomas Partey, yeah, <laughs> best player Messi in the league. Lingard all over. Yeah. yeah, you know Lionel Jesse um, at right wing. I think we've both kept Saka, right? I did too. Yeah, yeah. Bukayo Saka here. You tell me a little bit about him because um, happy I, birthday, Bukayo. <laughs> I very I have very little negative things to say about him. Like. It takes a special caliber player to keep your spot in this Arsenal team. <laughs> yeah, He's been one of the only bright spots, right? Yeah, he has. And I mean, I don't think any other Arsenal players are getting called up to you know England or, or anything because there's just too much competition. And he has not only been called up, he's been one of the most important players. And, you know, despite getting abused and all of that, he continues to put on the white shirt and continues to play with all the heart and soul that he has. And I think he's... A bright star in, in what is a very dark situation at the club right now. And I think yeah. he takes that enthusiasm and brings it to the club every day. And it's really admirable at someone at his age to put those on his shoulders. Um, I think with a better team around him, he delivers. And as we've seen in England, so let's build a better team for him, man. Yeah, he's somebody who you just feel like you can get behind, right? Like just... Yeah from off the pitch stuff to on it, he's a very good player. And I remember talking about Arsenal uh, with Gerard a couple months ago, and I compared him to Leroy Sané, right? Like, especially coming down the left, I was like, he, he almost glides with the ball. It doesn't look like he's running. It looks like he's just gliding and shifting. And I really like that. And I like that he's been moved to the right wing spot because I think that he can elevate his career there, right? Mm -hmm. As a left-footed right winger who glides up and down the pitch, that's a hell of a player to have. And I hope that he can continue to develop. And I wish that he that I got to see him play in the team that I've built for him here, or even the team that you built for him there, because quite frankly, it's much, much better <laughs> than yeah. what he's playing at currently. And I hope that he's the type of player who in his personal life can handle all of this pressure on him because he already gets so much stick for, you know, like all this racist no stuff, literally for no reason. And he's playing at this dumpster fire of a club right now where 
I, I hope that if his performances drop, that the club doesn't turn on him. I hope that he's the player who they're like, no, that's our boy. No matter what, that is our boy. We are going to back him. We are going to support him. Yeah. And I, I hope that he can continue to do well because honestly, he's done enough so far to not just earn a place in our rebuild, which is like top of the top. Like that is the greatest accomplishment you could ever accomplish. But <laughs> on and off the pitch, he's a great, he's a great player in person. And um yeah, he's the only so Arsenal player that I like right now. Yeah. As an opposition fan, right I think he's the most likable out of the team and he's far ahead of anyone else. Mm. Yep. I don't just says a lot. I don't disagree. <laughs> uh so he keeps his spot. Now, the number nine spot, the coveted number nine spot. Arsenal have had some interesting stints with this position over the years. Um, most recently of which we saw them plug the hole by bringing in Lacazette. And then we thought that they're like, cool, we've addressed this problem. And then they brought another striker in, in typical Arsenal fashion, yeah. doubling down on positions they really don't need to <laughs> instead of sp- spending the money elsewhere. But let's talk a little bit about you know who you've got there, and then I'll tell you who I've got there, and we can move on. I <clears throat> didn't keep Aubameyang. I think he's getting to that age where he shouldn't be relied upon. He's also taking a lot of money out of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with someone who can easily deliver 15 goals in the Premier League. and. I think right now that's what Arsenal need more than anything. Yes, he's somewhat, he's reaching 30 and that's close to Aubameyang's age, but I went with Callum Wilson. Again, going to oh, Newcastle for a striker. I think he's he just screams Arsenal to me for some reason. Um, I don't think he has any affiliation with Arsenal. or I, I just think that he would be a great signing. And I think, and that's what I meant with, uh, Sam Maximan is that with the rest of the front three, it kind of makes sense because he's got chemistry with uh, Callum Wilson. They're already going to mm. know how to play with each other. And then I think Saka just is a workhorse in that front three and, and he'll mesh with anyone that with those two, especially. Um, and I think that Callum Wilson is, is a shrewd signing, if nothing else. I don't uh, dislike the signing. I'll be honest with you. The way that I approached this was because I've spent money throughout my squad, I'm okay with keeping Aubameyang in there for now because I've constructed a squad that allows Aubameyang to do the only thing that he's very good at, which is finishing. He's a very good scorer of goals. But that's about it. That's like all he really has to offer, right? He's not much of a build-up play guy. He's really not an assist guy. He's He was, you know, nines predicated on pace often have like a window when it closes. You remember Samuel Leto, how quickly he fell off. Like at his greatest, he's one of the greatest players ever. Um, but Steep. when you start to lose your pace and you're a player who's predicated on pace, then you lose it quickly, which is why I haven't, I don't want to keep Aubameyang there forever. The name that I have to replace him, you'll remember from my Lille rebuild, is Jonathan David, right? Yeah. I think Jonathan David, or, or blowing up Lille, I said Jonathan David is going to be that type of player who, even if he's not one of the best number nines in the world, he's going to be good enough to carry a team like Arsenal if they're constructed a little bit better to provide them enough goals in the league. Now, he's also Canadian. He's my boy. Got his jersey right here on the wall, <laughs> right? I don't dislike the Callum Wilson shout. Um, the way that you were setting it up, I actually thought you were going to go with Mikel Antonio, who I would have liked more because injury prone as hell. I thought like, about him. Great goal scorer. I thought right? about him and I didn't <laughs> and I didn't think that he would jump the London. That's fair. Like the London allegiances. I how just, about, I didn't uh, think. Kieran, tripping. <laughs> how about Danny Ings, bro? Like I have him in the thing. I, right? like, I I picked out three strikers and I was like, one is way too good and way too high profile of a player right now. And that was Cal- uh, Calvert-Lewin. 
Um, yeah. Second one was Callum Wilson. Mm. And the third one was Danny Ings. And I thought Danny Ings has just moved to Aston Villa. And I think his next move is going to be very expensive. And him and Wilson are the same age. See, I so think I Ings is done Wilson. now. I think this was like the last yeah. big, big move of Ings' career. And I think that him going to, it would like, yeah, I know Arsenal got, Arsenal got snubbed. No, bro. Arsenal got snubbed by Buendia. He, he wanted to go to yeah. Villa. So if Southampton are willing to sell, and I don't know if, if, if Arsenal came calling for him and so did Villa, Villa have a more interesting project right now, right? Like, yeah, 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 that's that's very true. That's very true. The the problem with a lot of these players who we've just named is is a English tax for players who are already in their prime, mm-hmm. which is good because they brought in you know Aubameyang in his prime and he gave you a good couple of years. Lacazette, my Lacazette lost his pace almost immediately after joining, which is like a huge yeah, factor of his had, style of play. So he had, he had to redevelop his game, and then but it was done. yeah, like he really lost his. He was effective because he had. He was the player that he is, but he also had a pace. And when he lost that, a lot of Aguero too, right? Like a lot of players, yeah. Aguero's a hundred billion times better than Lacazette. <laughs> but it's that type of player who is like very good and well-rounded for a forward where they're short, but yeah. they're strong and they can shoot on either foot and they're good at carrying the ball. But their ability to drive past people, you know, over five yards is a huge part of their game. And when they lose it, they lose a tremendous amount of what they have to offer. Yeah, five yards is significant as a striker. It's a great little burst, you know, to, to edge past the defender. And when Lacazette lost that, you think, okay, at least Aubameyang kept it because he's fast. But then he was deployed as a left winger in a system where he had to cut in. And it's like, but no, because he should be the guy in the middle. Like, So mm. I have him back in the middle there, receiving service from a pretty good amount of places in the team where long-term it actually is overtaken by Jonathan David, who I think at that point learns to be a lone nine. Now I have, I have separate concerns with Jonathan David about, you know, playing in a two, how he plays currently, but I think he's been developing at a rate where eventually he'll get to a point where I could see him inheriting that shirt. But I actually do like the Callum Wilson shout. My, my only concern is I think at the point where they're bringing in like Jonathan David and Danny Almo and players like that, it's because they're well into this rebuild and trying to get back yeah. to Europa League and Champions League. And I don't think that Callum Wilson is a Champions League or even Europa League player. I think he's a good player, but no, I don't he's think not. he's of that level. And so I think trying to find that line is, is a little bit hard, especially even in our hypothetical rebuilds. I think he gets them 15 goals, which is the difference between them finishing in the Conference League to Europa League. Mm. And, I, and that's the sole reason that's why fair. I brought him in. If you want to bring in someone else after that to take you to that other level of trying to get fifth, fourth, then that's something else that you're going to have to do down the line, especially that Callum Wilson is 29. Um, right. But yeah, I just, I needed someone right now when it was between him and Ings, and I just went with Callum Wilson because of that chemistry with Sam Maxima. All right. I mean, I certainly, like, I would have never guessed before we started that you'd be bringing in Newcastle players as the source of <laughs> goals for a team that wants to go play in the Europa League and the Champions League. So I have to call you a little <laughs> bit crazy there. But Honestly, Arsenal are twentieth, which means that there's very little player, there's very little uh, yep. that they could say no to right now in terms of these are all upgrades, in my opinion. Pretty much across the board, all of them, and at least they're fresh faces. So at least they don't yep. have to deal with the same stick. Hopefully, they can actually be greeted with a little bit of excitement and not just like perennial disappointment and oh, this player sucked again. Um, before we wrap, because that's pretty much all we got, can you go over your team again, full eleven? 
Okay, so I've got a four-two-three-one managed by Brendan Rogers. I've got Leno in net and a back four of uh, right to left: Trippier, White, um, Nikola Milinkovic, and Tierney in my left back. Then I've got Party, <laughs> Sergey Milinkovic, Savage, and then Odegaard in the cam. And I've got Saka on the right, Sam Maximan on the left, with Callum Wilson leading the line. Do you read right to left because you're Arabic? Yes. All right. We've no, I've noticed that. Because I'm just like, why would you not start on the left? Like we start reading on no, the left. And I've I've noticed that when we started doing rebuilds, you start yeah. with the left back, and I always yeah. started with the right back. And I was like, ha, that makes sense. I was like, <laughs> what, bro, what for? We start on the left because we start <clears> reading on the left, just left to right. I always um, do that. Yeah. I'll give you my team once again, managed by Mikel Arteta, who I again want to give the benefit of the doubt to because much like the Pep Guardiola system, just because he can't manage a certain group of players doesn't mean he's a bad manager. It means that he hasn't been able to be effective with the group that he has. So I've built him a team that I think he can be effective with. And if he can't, that's another discussion we can replace him. 4-2-3-1. Leno still in net. Left to right. Tierney, Gabriel, White, and Lamptey. In front of them, Ruben Neves and Thomas Partey. Then left to right, Harvey Barnes, Danny Almo, Bukayo Saka. And line being led by Jonathan David. The Canadian sensation. They're great, bro. We're so good at rebuilding teams. The problem is we've we we got so we fell in love with rebuilding these teams that now what are we going to do in our down? Who's there left to rebuild, bro? We've rebuilt everything. I know. Someone's going to have to someone's going to have some shambles. We figured it out already. Maybe we can do yeah. like rebuilding teams that are underperforming and stuff. Like maybe if Liverpool don't hit the heights or we could say like what Liverpool will look like in 5 years. Like we'll do stuff like that. Because yeah, we'll rebuild Chelsea and then the only signing will be Kunde, and then that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, the that's episode. the whole episode, just 10 <laughs> seconds. We'll just do tequila, and then instead of tequila, just like Kunde. <laughs> anyway, I think that's got to wrap it for episode number 107 of the Jersey Wall podcast. By the way, brethren, of all the players that we've listed today, do you know where you can find their jerseys? Oh, uh, is it elmontusoccer.com? You can find all of the jerseys of the players we've listed today over at ElmontYouthSoccer.com and use the promo code TJW10 when you're there. That's going to help support the show, but also save you 10% off of your order. Brethren, it's been so wonderful seeing you again. Yeah, likewise. Can't wait to see you in person, man. I can't wait to see you in person. Either to go for wings, we can uh, we can do like a live stream on Twitch. Bro, we got to do a TJW live one of these we days. have to yeah yeah, yeah we'll fun. get wings we'll get some nachos and some burgers it'll be it'll be amazing oh i can't wait i can't wait i make i'm making super smash burgers for dinner tonight oh that's awesome mm-hmm. that's awesome i made some pasta before coming on it was great but uh maybe we'll do it for one of the champions league parties so if none of our teams are in it then that'll be great because if, yes. if one of our teams are in it it's not going to be a, an entertaining show it'll no. just be silence yeah exactly then we're just well with occasional profanity yeah. <laughs> yelling out profanity every now and then. Anyway, I think that has to wrap up episode number 107 of the Jersey Wall podcast. Brethren, uh, tell us where we can find more from you. You can find me on Instagram at mina.gali98 and on Twitter. You can find me. I'm getting a little bit more active on there, but uh, if Ooh. you can find me, I'll give you a follow back. Yeah, you've been sending me more stuff on Twitter. I've been sending you way active, more stuff yeah. now. And you can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at Master Chef Nay, including on YouTube, where you can find special bonus clips of Bro Talk and the Jersey Wall Podcast. You can find the Jersey Wall Podcast on Instagram at TJW Podcast. 
where we post clips of whatever highlights we have from the show pretty much that week. Uh, Sometimes we get bloopers. Yeah, we have bloopers, bro. Yeah, I'm going to post those. I'm going to post more bloopers uh, on the show, maybe even on the YouTube channel, (laughs) on the Instagram page going forward as part of our growing the brand initiative. Speaking of which, the hoodie guy finally got back to me and then we were supposed to have a call last week. I completely forgot. We were supposed to have a call last week and then he didn't, he didn't get back to me. He like just missed the appointment and now I'm just like, okay, bro. So eventually the hoodies are coming and if you want a hoodie, please reach out to us and we will provide you with these dope ass hoodies that I'm sure I have to remind people because we were supposed to do a giveaway but it's been a long time. Anyway, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us as always and we will see you right back here next week on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Peace.